0: Hey welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento and we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. All right. Good Good morning, Project Church. How's everybody doing? Got my mask here, my mask bookmark. There's so many things that you can do with these things these days. What are we going to do June 15th? Wow. Anyways, how's everybody doing? Are you excited for yet another week in the relationship series? This is the last week I get to close out this series of relationships, real relationships. And next week, Caleb will be bringing in a word on Pentecost Sunday. If you have no idea what that is about. Just come next Sunday and get ready. Just get ready. God's got something for us. And so, hey, I'm excited to close out this series. I think it's been a really important series for our church. It's really important to me because, and not just important to me, but it's important to what is happening at Project Church because we are called to be in relationship with one another. And we're called to be the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the church, is based off of relationships. I mean, so often I think we decide that we're just going to be good individuals who follow Jesus. But if you're not following Jesus with a body of believers, I don't know that you're walking in the kingdom of God or walking in the fullness of your purpose. And so this has been a really important series, but I'm excited that while we've been talking about how to, you know, pursue relationships, how we've talked about having healthy partnerships, healthy marriages, we did start the whole series of real relationships um, with a couple messages that said, it starts with you. It starts with you. And I get to end this series on relationships, relationships with other people, Reminding you that it starts and is sustained by you. Relationships, relationships start with us individually. We've got to be healthy individuals if we're going to be a healthy body in Christ. And so I'm going to walk us through a few verses in Ephesians. And Ephesians, I love Ephesians because it really just gives you a manual for how to do relationships and how to do relationships well. And I think you need to understand that when Paul wrote this, he was in prison and he was getting out some final instructions for the churches. And the issue with the church in Ephesus was that they were a very wealthy place. They knew how to work their money. They knew how to grow um, in their, as a city. They knew how to attend to the the needs of their people, but while they were... Growing as a thriving city, they were walking in impoverished relationships, and I really felt like God was saying to me and reminding me that in America we know how to grow in our wealth, but I don't know that we know we know how to grow in our health in relationships. And when you really think about what's more important, is it the wealth of the things in this world and the business that, that we're building and the infrastructures in the city that we're building? Or is it the health of the relationships that move the kingdom of God forward that's more important? And then you put it that way, it's really obvious that our relationships are much more important. But too many of us, while we can walk in the wealth of this world, we walk in the unhealth in our relationships. And so today, I think we need to apply how we know to walk wealthy the way the Church of Ephesus did. But we need to apply that to our relationships. And so today, we're going to grow in our relationships by understanding the wealth of who we are individually. We have a great inheritance we have a great inheritance when we choose to follow Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus, he says that we become co-heirs with Christ. When, that, when we become co-heirs with Christ, that means when everything that Christ has access to, we have access to. And so we need to understand that if we're going to have healthy relationships, and if we're going to grow real relationships, we're going, it's going to require us to walk in our real identity. When we understand who we are in Christ, we understand the wealth that we've received because of who Christ makes us and who Christ called us to be from the beginning of time. So Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, go with me there and... And we'll just go from there. Here we go. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Before we dive in, let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the the salvation that we have in you and what that means for us. So God, I pray that right now, There are people in this room who are struggling with their identity, who are struggling with their place in the body of Christ, who are struggling finding belonging, who are struggling finding family, who are struggling finding acceptance. And God, you want to speak straight to the hearts of your people today. So God, may you remind them of who they are. May you remind them of their identity so that we might do relationships and the kingdom of God and real relationships well, that we might bring you glory. So Jesus, have your way in this room in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Growing real relationships requires us to walk in our real identity. Who are you? Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Are you a son, daughter, uh, a worker, (laughs) an employee of whatever establishment you work at? Who are you? Who are you? Let me tell you right now that anything that you've ever been labeled, drop it right now. I think there's moments that we don't step forward in our calling because we've held on to labels that people have placed on us or that we have placed on ourselves. And oftentimes those labels are hurtful. How many people have been labeled something that has caused strife in your life? Let me tell you, because of those wounds that the labels have attached to you and even removing the labels like, Velcro that, like, was on too long and it, like, peeled off the lower level of the velcro and it still left us hurt when we tried to rip off that label some of us are walking around in relationships hurt because of what everybody else has called us and what everybody has identified us to be and what we've identified ourselves to be and god is saying you have a real identity and that identity is found here in ephesians 1 3 through 14. first of all you need to understand that your real identity is that you are number one chosen You are chosen by God. You know what? I was preparing this message, and it came to me really quick because there wasn't much else to say except for what the word of God says. So let me read it to you right now. It says that you are chosen. He chose you from before the foundation of this world. He chose you. He chose you too many of us are walking around feeling like nobody picked us and we're still on the schoolyard at at you know kickball just be like pick me pick me but you're the last one and some of us are still holding on to hurts like that and i know you're like oh that was on the playground but no i know that there are moments when i look back on my life when that group of group of junior hires just They didn't want to be friends with me anymore because I didn't drink. And I was like, I'm not cool enough to be your friends. And they they just, I mean, that hurt was somewhere deep down in me. Did that affect my future relationships? You better believe it. Did I want to be more guarded and protected? Yeah, because I wasn't chosen. Think about every moment you were not chosen. There might be tears in the room today. I'm just going to say this. Because you may not have thought about this in a long time. And then when we recognize that we haven't dealt with some of those past rejections, we forget that God chose us. From the very beginning of time, before the foundation of the world, he chose us. Somebody just needs to hear that. He chose you. He chose you. If you're in this room and you accepted him into your life, he chose you. He chose you. If we recognize that we're chosen, we don't have to scout affirmation. When we are scouting and looking for somebody to just believe in us, oh, my gosh, please, somebody, just believe in me. This is how we look. We look desperate. We look rejected. And God's saying, you are chosen by the most high God. I chose you. We're chosen. Your real identity is that you're chosen. Somebody said, he chose me. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I love that scripture. I think I preach it every other week <laughs> that I preach. And I know it's the theme for our upcoming women's event fashion. Come on, somebody get excited. If you don't know what that is, you're going to know and you're going to be just the best. Um, <laughs> But here's the thing, if we don't understand that we're chosen, then we're not going to help people walk out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, those who have been chosen to bring people out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are missing it when we don't recognize that we're chosen. And instead of helping people walk out of darkness into light, we're looking for people to shine light on us. Let's stop scouting affirmation when God said, I already chose you. Second, we're holy and blameless. Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. Some of y'all are thinking, but did you know what happened last week? But did you know how bad I failed then? But did you know what happened in my marriage? But did you know what happened in private? But did you know? But did you know? Yes, I may not have known, but yes, God knows. And he still chose you. Amen. And he says this in verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Because he chose us, we can walk holy and and blameless not in our own strength but in the identity of that we receive when we accept Jesus when we accept Jesus into our life he says I see my God sees his son and the blood that covers us God's son he sees Jesus and he says the perfection and his righteousness on us not because of what we did but because of who he is I mean, it seems so simple, but why are we continuing to strive for approval when God already says that you are holy and blameless? I'm doing a work inside of you. Let me complete it so that you can see that work done on the outside. Stop striving for approval. Just accept and receive who you are in me. I'm desperate for some of us to start walking in the freedom of who we are. We are holy and blameless as long as we continue to repent and say, Jesus, you are my number one. You are holy and blameless. Stop striving for approval. It says in 2 Timothy that God who saved us and called us to a holy calling not because of our works but because of his own purpose and grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began God had already decided that we weren't going to have to do anything to prove we couldn't do anything we can't do enough to prove ourselves we are imperfect we are flawless we are flawed we are we are but dirty rags There's nothing we can do to clean ourselves up. Only God can do it. And all we need to do is accept and receive that we are holy and blameless in Jesus. It's really just that simple. Stop trying to check the marks off of the list, the to-do list. Stop trying to prove yourself to anyone, to your bosses, to your pastors, to your friends. Just know and understand who you are. You are holy. And blameless. When you allow God to say you're chosen, then in that chosenness, we can walk in our holiness and blameless before him. Third, if we're going to have real relationships, we need to walk in our real identity. We are chosen. We are holy and blameless. And we are loved. We are loved. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Somebody needed to come here to just not necessarily hear this really elaborate theological, you know, message that really makes your brain go this way. That's what I want to do every time I get up here. And then Jesus just said, no, they just need to know that they're loved. Somebody need to be reminded today that you are loved. I mean, I'm going to get real, like, motherly and nurturing in this place. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know what's still hurting you. I don't know what weights you're carrying. But no matter what they are, you are still loved. You are still loved. You are still loved. I, I think about Canaan and Kai Whenever they get in trouble, man, they try to punish themselves before I even get a chance to punish them. And the thing that I tell Kai, even just the other day, after he did a not so good thing to his sister, I told him, buddy, stop that. <laughs> First, I had to say, you know, God's going to be real with you. Like, still stop what you're doing. Just seriously seriously, stop it. Okay? But then Kai was just like, oh, I'm such a bad boy. I'm such a bad boy. I'm like, you made a bad choice. (laughs) I know this is so simple, but some of us in this room have made bad choices. But that has not removed the love of Christ from you. We've made bad choices. It's pretty simple, you guys. It's pretty simple. But what is it that you're holding on to that you are blaming yourself for, that you're calling yourself bad for, that you're saying I am unholy for? God's saying I still love you. You know, there's moments where, you know, I, we take things away from the kids when they act out. And then I feel so bad as a parent. And I'm just like, ugh, I feel really bad because everybody else got to get the Cheetos except for Charlie, you know? <laughs> and inevitably, inevitably, and I'm not a perfect mother, but inevitably, though, it, oh no, what, what happened the other night? It was fries. We got McDonald's fries. That is like, You know, that's, like, the guilty pleasure that you're just, like, that uh, fries and then you couple it with a parfait and you feel healthy about yourself. So, like, we went by the uh, McDonald's and got a large fry and Charlie started acting out in the car. And we're, like, I'm, like, okay, Charlie, you don't get any fries. And she was so sad about it. And so we're all at the dinner table when we come home, and there's fries everywhere, Caleb, me, Cain, and Kai. We're all eating it, and she's just looking at it. And there's, like, a Powerade right here, and she's just going like this to the cup. Like, <laughs> and at the end of those fries, there was, like, I was, I was kind of in my mind, like, maybe give her a few, but the guys ate it so fast, there were only, like, the, the crunchy ones left, you know? And I'm like, ugh, here, Char. And I'm like, but wait a minute before I give it to you do you deserve this she said no (laughs) do you want it yes i handed her the crunchy end of the fries end of the fry box fries and i was like so what is that called (laughs) it's called grace when you still get something from the lord even if you don't deserve it and when you receive the grace of god you're reminded that you are loved there's nothing that Charlie can do in my eyes that will not still let, allow me to give her the last bit of fries. God loves you. You're loved. You're loved. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Number four, what is your real identity? You are adopted. You're adopted. Throughout the scripture, it says that you are adopted according to his purpose. In verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance. You don't get an inheritance until you become a part of the family. If you in this place have accepted Christ into your life, you've become my brother, you've become my sister, and we become co-heirs of Christ. So if he owns everything in this world, we own everything in this world. So if we have access to all power... If he has access to all power, he holds all power. We have access to all power, hold all power. If he says that old Sacramento is his, then old Sacramento is Project Church's. We have every bit of the territory and every bit of the land. From the very, here's the land, here's the boundary. We're from here to here, right up against it. We have the inheritance because you've been adopted into his family. You know, I know I've shared this story before, but it's really powerful. It's impacted me, and it will impact me forever. But when I joined Caleb's family, I remember showing up to my first Christmas with the Cole family. And I remember everybody telling us that Grandpa gives everybody envelopes. All the, all the grandkids get envelopes, and there's some green in there. <sighs> And so here he goes passing out on the envelopes. This is my first Christmas and with my white side. And I'm um, <laughs> like, they accept me, right? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then I got handed an envelope, you guys. And I tried to, not, I tried to be like chill because I knew that there was money in it. And then I look over at Caleb's and he's like, there's three Benjamins? Is that it? <laughs> $100 right? three Benjamins. Okay, there we go. $300. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Well, it's my first Christmas, and I'm an in-law, so maybe a hundred, couple hundred, 150. Yes, that's cool. <laughs> and I open it up, like, really discreetly like, while everybody's doing their thing. I'm like, what did I get? And I have $300. And I know that might seem like small to you. No. (laughs) That's a lot of money. Was it 300? I think it was 300. Anyway. But in that moment, God, it wasn't about the Cole family for me in that moment. It was God reminding me that you receive everything that my son receives. You have an inheritance when you're adopted into the kingdom. And it's not half as much because of all the... It's not based off of the mistakes you've made or haven't made. It's not based off of what you've done or haven't done. It's not based off of your performance. Stop performing. Stop striving. You already have the inheritance. So understand that you've been adopted into the family of God. We've been adopted, so you no longer have to search for belonging. You are not going to receive the inheritance that God has for you when you're searching for belonging in the wrong places. Let me tell you right now, you are blessed for being in this church right now. I will unashamedly say that there is favor on this church. And when you walk into this place and when you say, yes, I'm going to be a partner, yes, I'm going to grow in relationship with people in here, you automatically receive the favor that's on this house. I want you to believe it. I want you to know it. I want you to walk in it and be confident in it. You no longer have to search for belonging. No longer. You're adopted. Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. He is our father. Jesus is his son. And we become co-heirs with Christ, receiving the full inheritance. Next, your real identity is that you are redeemed. You are redeemed. It says here. It says here, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to His purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has has blessed us in the beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. So, if you know that you're redeemed, you no longer have to shrink back from your future. When you don't recognize that God's already exchanged your sin for forgiveness, <laughs> he's, already, he's already given you forgiveness, He's already taken that sin away, He's forgotten about your sins, He's washed it away by the blood. By the blood, like, can you, I want you to see, like, this rush of blood that just washes all the shame and the guilt of your past away. You are brand new. You are redeemed. And when you understand that you are redeemed, you don't have to shrink back and be like, well, I did this, I did that, and I don't know if they're gonna like that about my past. No, walk in the future walk in who you are you are redeemed bought by the blood of Jesus Christ he said I will give anything for your life I will give my own life for you that's what he's done you are redeemed don't shrink back from your future stop walking in the despair of your past and start walking in your destiny the future that says a redeemed person has a bright future has something new greater than you can ever think or imagine You are redeemed. You are chosen. You are holy and blameless. You are loved. You are adopted. You are redeemed. And that was the purpose from the very beginning of time. Psalm 139, 14 through 16, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, every single one of you. All your days were purposed by him who created you. He knew you in your mother's womb. He knit you together to accomplish his purposes. Man, there's there's, there's these moments where it's like, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not adding anything. I just want you to understand, I'm not adding anything. This is just who you are. You're chosen, you're holy and blameless, you're loved, you're adopted, you're redeemed, and you're purposed. And you know what's really cool about this? When I think about Ephesians, when I looked at Ephesians and I looked at these verses 3 through through 14, the header of it says that it's a spiritual blessing in Christ. So when we take on the label of being In Christ, Christ followers, Christians, we receive a blessing. Paul is in prison writing this to us. And it says that these uh, three through 14, it's actually one sentence. It's a one-sentence greeting where he's just trying to say, you are all these things, you be blessed. That's kind of how I feel right now. I feel like we're having a family talk, actually. I told Caleb, like, I don't know how the message is going to go because I feel like I just want to talk to my family. I just want to talk to my brothers and my sisters and remind them who they are, who we are. Who are we as the family of God? Who are we? We are chosen. We are holy and blameless. We are loved. We are adopted. We are redeemed. We are purposed. And so all those things... Come under, all those labels come under this this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Christ Jesus, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We are blessed. We are blessed. But I want you to understand that sometimes when we use the word blessed, we're just like, oh, yeah, we're good. Oh, bless you. (laughs) You're good. That's how we use the word sometimes. You're blessed. Just like the small, you're good. That just means no, you know what blessing means? Blessing means God's favor and protection. We have to understand that blessing is God's favor and protection. The reason why I was saying to stop striving, the reason why I was saying to stop looking for approval, the reason why I was saying to stop looking for affirmation, the reason why I was saying to stop shrinking back from your future, the reason why I said that you need to stop searching for belonging everywhere else is because you are blessed and favored and protected by being chosen by him, by being loved by him, by being holy and blameless, by being adopted, by being redeemed, by being purposed. We're already protected. Now, the problem in relationships is that we look for protection in imperfect people. And God's saying, no, you're already blessed. You need to know who you are. And you need to bring who you actually are into real relationships. The reason why we're not walking in the fullness of what these relationships can be in the kingdom of God is because we are not walking in the fullness of our identity. We're always needing and wanting from everybody else. And God's saying, I already said you are chosen. Yeah. You're already complete in him. You're blessed by your relationship with God first. So bring that relationship to the relationships and your marriage with your kids, with your coworkers, with your family. Real relationships are not perfect relationships. Can I tell you that? And you already know that. Real relationships are not perfect. Somebody say that right now. Real relationships are not perfect relationships. So stop looking for protection and perfection. Your relationships will not be perfect without the love of God and without understanding who you are in Jesus. So where do we go from here, church? If we're supposed to be the kingdom of God, And we're supposed to walk in this new identity so that our relationships are are more healthy. When I think about the mark of a healthy relationship, I believe that it's commitment to unity. I I think it's commitment to unity. When we have brokenness in our understanding of who we are, we have brokenness in our relationships. And God's saying in Ephesians 4 That we need to get to a place of unity. Unity, body of Christ, listen to this. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. You've been called, remember? Because you're chosen, you're redeemed, you're adopted, you're holy and blameless. Remember all these things? You are called. So walk in this calling with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. This world that is broken, this world that is disjointed, this world that is in disarray, this world that is divided needs a body of believers that is committed to unity. Church, can we be committed to unity? Can we be committed to unity no matter what they said last week about you? Can we be committed to unity no matter what happened a couple months ago? Can we be committed to unity even though inside you are destructive and you're, and you're not thinking right about yourself and you're just hoping that everybody else will feed you? Can we still stay committed to unity and understand who we are in Christ if we can stay committed to unity, then we're finally walking in our true identity, and that identity brings us to maturity, and maturity leads us to unity. A unified church is an effective church. You know, Caleb and I are leaving in June for five weeks, and we're taking a sabbatical. And every seven years, you take a sabbatical because seven years of ministry is a lot. And so we're looking for forward to this time off. So I'm preaching this week, Kale's preaching next week, and then we'll be gone for about six weeks, five weeks. And I'm going to miss you all. I love you all. I love this church. And if there's one thing I can tell you to do, stay committed to unity be unified be unified in your marriages be unified in your families be unified with one another because God can't operate in a broken in brokenness the spirit of God moves when there's unity the spirit of God can move in and through you freely He doesn't have to get to that brokenness and then mend it. He can just go. So where is there brokenness in your relationships? Where is there brokenness? We need to start growing up in maturity. Church, we've got to get mature. We've been around for eight years. We've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. It says this in Ephesians. That we've got a mature in manhood and womanhood to the measure of the status of the fullness of Christ. We look more like Christ when we understand that we're chosen, right? Redeemed, loved, holy and blameless, adopted, purposed. To be in the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth that you are chosen, loved, adopted, holy and blameless, purposed and redeemed. Speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped which each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love when we understand who we are when we walk in our true identity we start bringing health into our relationships. we start bringing health into this this church. we start bringing health and a healthy church is a maturing church is a growing church that is committed to unity, that is committed to unity. and I, I spoke this message to our ladies last sister's night. but the marks of a healthy relationship is when we're rooted and connected to one another. So when you doubt, don't forget God's plan. When you're in discouragement remember your value remember who you are remember your identity In disappointment i want you to nurture vulnerability if somebody has disappointed you in this room if somebody has disappointed you in your relationships then i need you to nurture vulnerability disappointment unexpressed leads to inevitable dissension so if we start this is what happens i'm seeing people weaponize their disappointment You did this to me. You did that to me. But then you start saying, I'm going to be vulnerable because I know that I'm already taken care of by God. And in this relationship, I know who I am. I'm not going to seek for anything else here. But I need you to nurture vulnerability so that we can stay committed to unity and maturity. In disappointment, nurture vulnerability. In discord, fight for unity. I don't know what relationship is suffering in your life today, but fight for unity. God wants to bring you together. God wants to keep you together. God wants to bring health into your relationships. You need to fight for unity. Romans 12, 15 through 16, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. We get in discord when we think we're wise in our own sight. We walk in discord when we're being haughty. We walk in discord when we can't weep with those who weep. We walk in discord when we're unempathetic. We walk in discord when we can't rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Then we're not celebrating with one another. If we have a hard time celebrating with others, then we are not walking in unity. In discord, fight for unity. Live in harmony with one another. And finally, in disengagement, worship him worship him stay connected to him the most dangerous form of disengagement is disconnection from god and that's going to distract you from your destiny jesus is saying right now i have a destiny for project church and i don't want them to be in discord so in our discord or in our disunity in our disappointment in our hard times we have got to say i'm going to worship you And when I worship you, I'm connected to you. And when I'm really, truly connected to you in a healthy way, then I'm connected to the rest of the body, the body of Christ. Every single member in this room, I'm connected to the rest of the body when I'm worshiping him, when I'm connected to the head. So church, fight for unity. Love one another well. Live in harmony. Know who you are in him and bring that knowledge into the relationships in this room, in your marriage, in your workplace, in your families. Unity. God can move in and through unity. But if you're in this room and you're listening to this message and you're like, okay, okay, but am I even a part of this church? How do, how do I become a part of, not even this church, am I even part of this body of Christ? All it takes is saying, I have faith in you. I believe that I'm going to start following you and I'm going to decide today. That I'm going to choose today that I'm going to follow you. And the moment you choose to believe in him, accept him, believe in him, confess your sins and walk and start following him, you've become adopted and brought into the body and family of God. You are, you are here today to hear this family talk that I wanted to bring to this church whom I love, whom we love so much. And we desperately want you to join the family because there's such blessing. There's such protection. There's such favor that comes when you join the family of God. Would you bow your heads in this place? Like I said, some of us are listening to this message and we're, we're asking, where, where, where do I fit in all of this? And you're saying, man, I want to have that blessing, that protection, that favor that comes with being a part of the family of God. And I just want to give you an invitation to join the family of God and recognize that you belong. You don't have to search any longer. You don't have to look for affirmation. We serve a God. The head of our family is the one who called us, who chose us, who redeemed us, who calls us holy and blameless, who's adopted us, who has given us an inheritance in him, who has purposed us, who has redeemed us. Man, that is the head of this household. That is the head of the family and you can belong to man. I think it was said earlier that he sets the lonely into families. There's some people in this place who feel like they don't belong. There's some people who are lonely in this place and you want to have relationship. You want to be on this journey of having healthy relationships and sometimes that just means to take the next step to the right relationship, the most important relationship and that's a relationship with a loving father. That's a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you in this place, and you want to start this journey and belong to something greater than yourself, belong to a greater purpose, belong to a family that gives you the same inheritance as Christ. Come on, if that's you in this place and you want to walk in the protection and favor of being God's family, I'm going to give you three seconds When I count to three. Raise your hand and join the family of God in faith. One, two, three. Three, raise your hand if you want to accept him. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Come on, church family, would you repeat after me? Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here today for this family talk. I accept you into my life. I accept who I am who you called me to be. I believe it. I believe that you died and rose again, that I might have life. I confess my need of you. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I believe that I am holy and blameless now that I've received you. Give me the strength to follow you, to walk with you, to be a part of the family. Give me the strength for the rest of my days to do this journey well. I love you, Jesus. Your precious name. Amen, amen. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet, clap our hands. We've just accepted some more people into the family of God. The greatest decision you could have made. So there's gonna be some people from our prayer team, they're gonna make their way up, see them as some brothers and sisters in Christ who just wanna seal the decision that you made, the most important decision. Let them pray with you. If you made this decision for the first time or if you have any other needs that you wanna have prayed over, come on up pray and then we're going to close with a song and we'll give you further instructions but come on let's worship him one more time and seal the truths that we heard today hey thanks so much for tuning in to the project church podcast we pray and hope that this message encouraged you built you up and gave you life we want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento we've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront old Sacramento district We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.